inspired leadership. It's somebody who's willing to challenge the status quo and actually to go outside of what has been done before and move into new areas. And, and that's inspiring to me. That's inspired leadership to me. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm Terry Lepofsky. Thank you for joining us today. On this week's episode, we're chatting with Paul Watts about reinventing sales. Paul Watts, welcome to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Terry, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Paul, to start things off, you know what I do. I love asking this quick question. What leader has inspired you and why? I love that question, Terry. I go back to one of my managers, actually it was the, the manager who brought me to Canada. His name was uh, Rick D. Daniele, and he was just the consummate professional when it came to leadership. He just had this knack of assembling a group of individuals who were all very highly skilled, but then bringing them together and somehow making them work together as a team. And, and that just inspired me. He was a, an amazing leader to work for. Oh, isn't it good when you see somebody who can just motivate people to work together and bring their unique talents together into this great recipe for success? Absolutely. Yes. Now, you and I have known each other three, four years, something like that, Paul? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We first met each other. We were facilitating leadership and sales workshops for an international corporation. I I never told you this before. You really impressed me right from the first time I met you. You have an incredible presence and ability to command a room. As soon as I saw you start your workshop on sales, you had the undivided full attention of every person in that room. It's your professionalism, your presentation skills, but I think most importantly, Paul, it's your knowledge and experience in the world of sales that I think is second to none. These days, you're wearing a few different hats. I know you're the president of Base Over Apex, and Base Over Apex is a sales training and coaching firm in Calgary, and you're working with sales professionals and sales leaders around the world, helping their organizations refine and sharpen their sales success stories. But you're also the host of the Sales Reinvented podcast, which happens to be one of my favorite podcasts on the internet. And actually, it's the only sales-related podcast that I listen to regularly. You started Sales Reinvented a couple of years ago. Uh, it's coming up to one year, actually, in November. I think it's probably become a lot more popular than you ever imagined. Although, as a listener, I can tell you that doesn't surprise me. It's incredibly well-recorded, well-produced. I know you've got Peter Clark on post-production. Talk about having an all-star team. You're out to change the negative perceptions of salespeople with a vision of a world where selling is a profession to be proud of. I think is absolutely fabulous. As somebody who grew up in sales, bravo to that. Well, here's something else I haven't told you before, Paul. Your work in launching and building that podcast is what motivated me to launch this one. I absolutely love what you've done and how you're using a podcast to lead. And you are leading with new perceptions of sales professionals and trailblazing a better way forward for that profession. So first off, Congratulations with what you're doing to improve and evolve sales. And secondly, I'd love it if you'd share with us some of your background, how you became involved in sales, how you became so passionate about it, and how you see that profession evolving as it moves forward. 
Well, first of all, Terry, thank you very much for saying all that. That's very kind. In terms of how did I enter the world of sales, I actually started my career as an electrical electronic engineer. I actually worked for a grinding machine manufacturer in the UK. I did that for about six and a half years. I woke up one morning. I didn't really want to go into work that day. It made me realize that I didn't enjoy what I was doing. I remember that lunchtime, I got a newspaper and I was looking through the wanted ads, trying to figure out what's next for me. I saw a job posting for a, a sales engineer and I thought, wow, that sounds interesting. I sent my resume off. I got an interview. I, I didn't actually get the job. It was a great learning experience for me. I made the decision that I wanted to try my hand at uh, technical sales. Much to my mother's despair, <laughs> she could not believe that I was leaving engineering to go into sales. And that's when I realized that selling did not have a very good reputation. Once I entered the world of sales, I realized that the salespeople were some of the hardest working, most professional people that you will meet in an organization. I really did not like the fact that many people from within the organization who weren't in sales did not appreciate just how hardworking and conscientious salespeople were. Isn't that true? So... I spent the next 17 years working in technical sales. I would say about three years ago, I made a decision that I wanted to start my own sales training company and share with other sales professionals some of the techniques that I had been fortunate enough to learn throughout my career. That's what I did. I absolutely love everything that I do now every day. So I am, as I say, living the dream. I heard somewhere, and I haven't validated this to see if it's true, but I heard somebody say once that the most common background of CEOs is sales. I don't know if you've heard the same, Paul. I haven't, but it wouldn't surprise me. I think most organizations, most successful organizations, sales-led. They think about how they're going to sell and, and market their products first. That's what makes them so successful. So that would not surprise me. I haven't heard the research either, but uh, yeah, it, does, it doesn't surprise me. I think about what Daniel Pink says, we're all in sales now. Like it or not, we're all in sales. And if you think about sales, one of the foundations for that is influence. And if you think about leadership, and especially at the senior levels and the executive levels, what's the foundation of that? It's influence. So there's really a common element between between sales and leadership, I think, at the highest levels. I would agree. So, Terry, it's interesting. I want to share this story with you. This story, never shared this with, with anybody. Yeah, for sure. Go for it. Seven or eight years ago, I was working in Canada for a, a major corporation. I had become quite successful in my sales role within that organization. I was performing at a very high level. The results were uh, speaking for themselves, uh, so the numbers were coming in, and, and I was working as part of a very high-performing sales team. We were working very well together, and we were delivering some phenomenal results. But whilst everything was going very, very well from a career perspective, one of the things to, that was not working very well was my work-life balance. I was actually working very, very long hours. In order to create this kind of success for myself and for the team that I was working with, I was actually working on average 80, 90, in some cases, even 100 hours a week. You're kidding me. No, and this went on for a, an extended period of time. For anybody who knows about what somebody who's working those kind of hours, what you learn is that potentially one of three things breaks when you are working those kind of hours. Your relationships break down with the people that matter most. True. Your health can break and ultimately your spirit. 
And if any of those three things break, Terry, I personally believe that your potential to be a successful business person, your potential to be a successful salesperson, your potential to be a, a successful career person is, is significantly reduced. Yeah. For me, this kind of work-life balance uh, went on for almost four years. Wow. Over that time, I was really, really lucky that you know, my relationship with my wife, whilst strained, was definitely intact. What started to break for me was my health. Over that time period, I ballooned in weight. I put more than 50 pounds on in weight. Boy. And towards the end of that period of time, I actually started to suffer from bouts of lightheadedness. After exhaustive testing from my doctor, who did a lot of cardio, uh, cardiology testing and neurological testing, couldn't find out what the underlying problem was, but told me that if the problem persisted, that they were going to have to take away my driving license. Given that my driving license was key to me remaining in the role that I was in, the threat of losing my license increased my anxiety level to such a to such a degree that the the frequency of these episodes increased exponentially. It went from sort of two or three times a week to six or seven times a day. Wow. And what that did was it highlighted really where the problem was, and that was it was stress. It was stress-related. Yeah. I had to make a decision, and it was a tough decision, but the decision that I made was to leave the company that I was working for. At the time, I think I blamed the company for the situation that I had found myself in. And I left that company and I, I went and joined another uh, very large, very uh, well thought of corporation. A year later, I was in exactly the same position. I was working 100 hours a week and I realized that it was not the company that was the problem. It, it was me. Wow. And it was at that point, Terry, that I made the decision to leave and start my own sales training company. And my goal was to help salespeople to find a better work-life balance, to be more effective in their roles so they can deliver the sales targets in the hours that they're paid to deliver their sales target, but ultimately have that better work-life balance. Because at the end of the day, we go to work to provide for our families, not to hide from our families. I like that. That's what started me on the journey that I am now on, is to actually help salespeople live life on their terms. A lot of people's personal missions are born out of the challenges that they faced. And I think that that's really what you're describing. It's definitely something that's very personal to me. And in every sales training program that I deliver, I spend a lot of time on this particular topic around understanding how to be more effective in your sales roles. Because what we tend to find and what people forget in sales is your job's never done. Your to-do list is never complete. And salespeople, they're the worst offenders for this, but you know, when they're spending time with their families, when they're at their hockey games with their children or swim meets with their children, they're not having conversations with the other parents, getting to know one another. They're prospecting. Right. They're qualifying the other parents. They want to know what they do, where they work, and they're actually prospecting. And, and salespeople never switch off. You know, my goal is, is to help salespeople to set healthy boundaries in their life and to, to hit their numbers, to be effective during the hours that they're supposed to be, but to also make time for the things that are most important in life, which are your family. And so now you're wearing a couple of different hats. You've got base over apex where you're helping those people, the salespeople, the sales leaders, the folks who are leading those sales organizations. And you're working both one-to-one -one and in group settings with training, helping them find 
best practices, more efficient methods, all that sort of thing. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. We do one-on-one coaching with salespeople and sales leaders, uh, but we also work in group settings with uh, with large sales teams as well. So uh, th- those are the kind of uh, uh, programs that we deliver in the business-to-business uh, sales world. So let me just get this straight. You left something that you were working crazy hours and had all kinds of stress and you became an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know where you're going with this, Terry, and I think what you're suggesting is that as an entrepreneur, chances are I'm working more hours now than I ever was. I would say for that first year, you would be absolutely right. What's interesting is by about year two, after we had scaled up the business and we'd managed to go out and drive new business, new opportunities for our company, We actually set in place a number of processes, initiatives that have allowed us to scale back the number of hours that we are working. Quite candidly, I would say that more often than not now, I'm only working four days a week. I don't work weekends anymore. Uh, Weekends are my family time, so it's time for me to spend quality time with my, my son and my daughter. And then Mondays is basically mine and my wife's day where we get a day to ourselves. But I do work very hard on the other four days. It's a condensed time period. I don't work July and August, typically. Very few sales teams are training during the summer months. Uh, it's very hard to pull a sales team together because everybody's on vacation. I would say my work-life balance is better today than it ever was. And that's living as an entrepreneur. So it's not what you would expect, but absolutely true. Even though you're sort of talking about the successes that you're having with the balance and the rest of it, I still think that you're understating the success that Base Over Apex is having because I happen to know quite a bit about sales training and sales coaching, not only with sales my background, but I'm in and out of a lot of organizations around North America. And I would say that Base Over Apex has actually become one of the premier training and coaching organizations for sales in at least North America, but probably beyond. That's very nice of you to say, Terry. I, uh, I don't know that I entirely agree with that, but I think, uh, I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. Well, you're being humble because I also know that the other hat that you're wearing is the host of the Sales Reinvented podcast. And from what I see, Paul, that has really opened up the audience. Now, I know that you have this fundamental philosophy about keeping the two separate. You never promote base over apex when you're on your show. And I also suspect that you probably don't do it the other way around as well, promoting the the podcast when you're out with your clients. I do know that People hear that name and they start to recognize that name and associate it with a great deal of knowledge and great perspectives on sales. I can't help but think that that has had some sort of spinoff effect or at least help with getting your reputation out there. I think you're absolutely right, Terry. It definitely has. Being the host of the Sales Reinvented podcast, I would suggest has artificially elevated my status in the field of sales and and sales performance training. I think that realistically, I'm not at the level that many people perceive me to be at. Having had the opportunity to interview some of the top sales experts in the world, I can tell you that's a very humbling experience. When when you start to have conversations with people like Tom Hopkins and Jill Conrath and Trish Bertuzzi and Deb Calvert and you know, some of the, the top sales minds in the world, it becomes very, very uh, clear just how little you yourself know. 
I think the more I'm learning about sales, the more I'm realizing the less I actually do know about this field that I've made my career. But it's made me hungry to learn. I think in the last three years, my mindset has changed from someone who never ever suffered uh, a lack of confidence to to someone who who really now recognizes that they've still got a very, very long way to go before they get anywhere near where they would like to be. And that's that's kind of where I am today. And I think that you're a very, very humble guy. <laughs> but I also think you and I doing these podcasts, we have a really neat opportunity and a very unique opportunity because we are interviewing and talking with people who are at the absolute pinnacle of their particular industry or whatever discipline they come from. And it's almost like getting a world-class education every week, isn't it? I call it my sales MBA. Right. I get to interview the top minds from the world of sales in various different disciplines. I can't imagine what you would have to pay to go to university to get that kind of value. And I get to do it for free every week just through interviews like this with those people. So it's a wonderful position that we're both in to gain personal insights, but also to share those insights with the wider community. Equally, I think anybody who listens to these podcasts on a regular basis, let's face it, there is a $0 fee to get involved in these podcasts. You just hit the play button. Yes. You just do a search, subscribe, hit play, and there's your ongoing MBA in either sales or leadership or whatever it is. I think that you're kind of bridging two different dynamics and two different fields here because I really do see you as a leader in both leadership fields and in the sales field, Paul. Well, thank you so much, Terry. That's very kind of you to say. Well, listen, I really want to thank you for sharing your thoughts and your stories with us, but I have two more questions for you, Paul. The first question is, what challenges do you see facing a lot of the leaders out there today? Oh, that is a great question, Terry. What challenges do I see? I think the biggest challenge that I see today for leaders is the world is changing and it's changing at a rate that we have never seen the world change so so quickly. And I think the skills that make you relevant today are not necessarily going to be the skills that keep you relevant in the next three to five to 10 years time. So I see one of the biggest challenges that, that are facing modern leaders is to recognize the changes as they occur and to be uh, one step ahead of them and or to at least be keeping up with them. And, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges that the modern leader will face. Brilliant answer. And the first time I've heard that on this show, now you've set me up for my second question. This one's a little deeper. What does inspired leadership mean to Paul Watts? What does inspired leadership mean? I've asked myself this question. and I've listened to a number of your episodes, Terry. You'd think I'd be prepared for this question, but I'm not. <laughs> and I'm glad we caught you then. <laughs> in all seriousness, I think what inspired leadership is to me, what it means to me, it's someone who's willing to face their fears and behave in the appropriate way at the hardest and most difficult of time. I think it's always very, very easy for people to play it safe when it comes to leadership uh, and to do the tried and tested things. But I think inspired leadership is where someone's actually willing to take a calculated risk and move outside of their comfort zone in the name of progress. And that to me is inspired leadership. It's somebody who's willing to challenge the status quo 
and actually to go outside of what has been done before and move into new areas. And, and that's inspiring to me. That's inspired leadership to me. Another incredible answer. And I thank you for that so much, Paul. I want to thank you for being on this show. It is truly an honor to reconnect with you again. It's been a while since we've talked. I'm so glad we had a chance to catch up here. Thank you so much for being part of the Inspiring Leaders podcast today. Terry, it's been my absolute pleasure. And I've got, I've got to say um, what a big fan I am of the show that you have produced it. You've got a wonderful lineup of guests. I never know who to expect next. It's amazing what you're doing. So please keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Paul. And listen, a big thanks to our listeners. We really appreciate all the comments and ratings on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, like Aaron Phillips, who wrote about our episode with Dwayne Cummings talking about LeaderCast. And he said, I really enjoyed the episode. Dwayne is an innovative leader. I came away with lots of ideas for my own organization. We love these kind of comments, so we want to keep them coming. So go over and hit the old ratings and comments on those different platforms. And we also want you to know that we're aiming to make this show exactly what you want it to be. So please take a few minutes, head over to our website at ubiquityleadership.com podcast and hit that listener survey button to share your ideas. Thanks again, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we hope we've inspired you, and that you'll pay it forward by inspiring others. Until next time, take care.